Oh, hello, 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 hello. <sighs> Today, I am joined by Mr. Sean Pierce. Man, what a freaking cool cat. Uh, and uh, I, I just want to throw this out there real quick. And I'm going to keep hammering this in for a lot of these movement coaches that I have on. It's If you haven't followed the thread yet, I'm going to keep keep getting it in there. We're just going to keep sewing that thread deeper. Uh, here's another young man who... He just gets it, right? Like, he understands that movement isn't just for the sake of movement. And everything's... We're all on a journey, right? Uh, but I really want to advocate for everyone listening, wherever you're at in your wellness journey. When it comes with, you know, movement or nutrition or anything, right? You need to put an immense amount of intention, and uh, and you need to attach it to something deeper. Now, this man. This is one of my all-time most, uh, I'm going to say melodic movers that I've ever seen. Like, when you watch him move, it is, it's, I mean, even if he's throwing a kettlebell over his head, it is melodic. It is, there is, there is a form of artistry to it. And I went ahead and gave him kudos during our episode, but, you know, um, but the reason for me highlighting that piece is who on some basis doesn't want to look cool while they're moving, but on the other end, you know, which I love so much about a lot of the practices that I involve myself in is they, they, they really cause you to be aware and in the moment, right? And meeting yourself where you're at. Okay? And when we get into the body, we are tapping into the physical experience of our emotions. And we dive into that a little bit in this podcast. Um, and I just want to invite everyone to start to think about that. We've all heard of guys going to the gym when they're angry and getting out all of their frustrations and da-da-da. Yeah, but what happens when you're ecstatic, right? What happens when you're sad? How do you express those things? And that's what's important. You, I think it's important to circle back, right? And... Not suppress any emotional experience that may be at first, it may be at first uncomfortable, but movement has this great way of moving energy out of locked places in your body and uh, allowing you to express it. And I'll tell you, there will be times I'm working out you know, and I, I feel the overwhelming need to, um, sometimes to cry, you know, or like 
I'll feel, you know, the hurt underneath the anger and be able to resolve my emotional tension that way. So, uh, I'm not going to save all of the goodies. I'm going to save some of the goodies and not give it to you all here. Um, but hope you enjoy it, man. Uh, and uh, let me know what you think. Peace! conversation with you was it was immediately after getting my steel mace flow level one um and i was like just i never go on the explore page on my instagram same <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's always like either like i'm re- responding to messages or you know whatever um or posting you know um and so as this fine day i found myself on the explore page and mm. immediately you caught my eye i was like i was like who the fuck is this guy <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> so i i clicked on the video and i was like oh what is this because i kn- had seen like you know at that point i had seen steel mace flow and I right, was okay. I was familiar with it, um, but I hadn't seen anyone move like that. And, and so, with the mace in particular, hey, or with the kettlebell as well at this point, um, with the with the mace, yeah. yeah so okay. like, yeah, and so like I had the the mace was like my first like impression, which is like you know first impressions are always the the most mm. pronounced in our mind so i was like oh what is this this guy's doing you know i haven't seen anybody move like this before and it was the it was it was the artistry in the movement mm. that took my attention and drew me in and so immediately i started kind of like going like recording myself and going oh okay like how do how am i gonna like do my version of what he's doing you know beautiful um and then of course i saw the the absolute insanity with the kettlebell (laughs) (laughs) um and so like i had i like I, i i was playing around with juggling a little bit you know like i still i i like it i think it's fun but I never like even close to took it to the level that you're doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So yeah, that's that's uh that's kind of where my question starts for you, man. Like mm-hmm. what brought you into this movement space? 
that's such a good question. Appreciate, by the way, the word um, artistry. I really like hearing that. It's a word that's very close to my, to my heart. I see what I do as, as a form of artistry. Um, what drew me into this space? Yeah, such an interesting question. I feel I've been funneled into the space. Like I started my movement um, journey as a soccer player. So I was pursuing to go pro. I made it quite far. I went to Germany on a pro trial. And it wasn't quite it. I said no to the opportunity um, because I just, I needed something else, something more. I love to move my body as a kid. I've always been very um, athletic. I love climbing trees. I love moving my body in all of these ways. And over the following four years, after saying no to the specialist approach that was soccer, um, I dipped my toe into all of these different disciplines. And at the time, that was Olympic weightlifting, bodybuilding, a lot of athletic and plyometric explosive work that I enjoyed. And over the years, I got more and more attracted to first this functional approach to movement. So not just the aesthetics, um, but what can I do with my body? My, the questions I asked started shifting. You know, what could my body look like became, what could my body do? You know, and that put me on this fast track to just continue exploring something that was ever unique and growing in, um, in uniqueness, I guess. So from functional movement, I found my way into flow and I got introduced to this concept of flow with movement through the system called movement flow, which was a ground-based movement system uh, that was similar to dance. And, you know, you're sprawled out on the floor, you're, you're moving around, it's much more expressive. Uh, so that was my first introduction into movements and expression as well. And so this sort of exploring this artistry space with movement and emotion. And that also introduced what I would call this more yin or feminine aspect of what I love about my movement practice. Half of it is this flow component, being creative, expressive. Um, focusing on the grace of movement, the connectedness. And, and that opened up my mind to um, flow itself as a state, first off, as well as a way of moving. And so basically from there, there's probably a matter of two, three years where um, anything that had flow in the end of it, I wanted to take part in. So mace flow, <laughs> steel mace flow, kettlebell flow, which was sort of, and still is this new category of movement. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so I felt before it was just element. like complexes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Primal soldier, you know, I think kicked it off with a lot of these complexes. I looked up to him. I looked up to a lot of guys. Same, bro. Yeah, I think it was my initial action motivation getting into the kettlebell. 
um, watching Same. his videos. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I'd love yeah. to uh, visit Austin, actually. It's on my list of places to go. I feel there's a lot of people there and a lot of oh, yeah. tribe people I'd love to connect with. Yeah, man. In short, I mean, that's basically it. I find the more I've been able to tap into my own inner compass, what I actually enjoy doing, um, I see myself as an adventurer or a pioneer, not for the sake of discovering something new, but because I love the process of learning, diving into something that has this bottomless well. And so I find myself right now in the kettlebell world and the mace world. And both of these disciplines and tools seemingly have no end <laughs> to what you can do with them. A yeah. dumbbell has kind of a finite end. You can be creative, but not as much. Same with a barbell. A mace and a kettlebell, my creativity is just on fire. And so I see you got the, uh, the yeah, rope man. behind you. How are you liking that, man? Haven't yet gone full in. Uh, haven't yet gone full in. I actually want to uh, get some coaching. Um, I've explored. I've moved around myself. But I keep finding myself being pulled into the mace or the kettlebell. Yeah. Um, and something I'm learning, too, is when to, when to part. I mean, you're never going to part, but when to bring in something new. You know, mm -hmm. and have that re-inspire your old practices. I see the rope as it's gaining on me. I love the way people are moving with it. So I'd love to pick your mind on the rope, actually. Oh, dude. Yeah, you just kind of hit. You just hit it right there. <laughs> you know, like uh, the mace and the kettlebell, like they're beautiful and amazing. And you can definitely offer some creativity, you know, but the problem for me lies in I can get lost in them, mm. you know, and I can put mm. too much tension on my body, you know? Mm. And, uh, right. that, and, and that's where the rope comes in is like, you know, there, there will be days like, you know, I, I still strength train, you know, I still lift heavy. I still do all of the things, but there's going to be days where, I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> and that then yes, when, right, and, right. and when that space isn't appropriate to, to step into. So then the rope came in mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't want to lift or anything. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just want to move mm -hmm. and I don't want to just, I don't want to, you know, I can go for a walk. That's fine. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I need something more. I need something to, draw me in yep yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so that's where the that's where the rope came in and when it first started man it was like i remember um actually another coach from i have on ellie she she was kind of my entry to the rope and she like i remember her posting a video of how to do the dragon roll mm. and dude if I showed you now what my dragon roll looks like versus <laughs> what it looked like when I first started, you know, it, it, it was choppy. It looked bad, but then like 
when once I got it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. What are all the things that like changed in my body that allowed me to move the rope that way? You know, mm, what new ranges of motion were opened up? And actually, I use it with all of my clients um, because of the the brain training aspect of it. Yes, you know, like it's it's an awkward move, and especially when they watch you, the coach, move so like flawlessly through it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they yeah. put it in their hands, and they're like, "Uh, why wow, can't I yeah, move it like that?" Again. Yeah, yeah. So that's. So I actually start all of my clients out with the dragon roll, which is one of the more complicated patterns to teach and to learn. And the reason mm. for doing that is, cool, we got the hard work out of the way. You know, mm. once, once I go, once you learn that, all the rest of the stuff is easy. You know, mm. um, the rest of it's just like play, transitions, and interesting figuring out like ways to feel into it you know um like for instance i just through play i couldn't you know i couldn't do the underhand sneak um i still can't i still can't do it on one side of my body but yeah it's it's weird man so but i knew once i learned the underhand sneak that i could learn the cheetah tail and so funny enough the the side that i can't do it on is my entry to the cheetah tail oh interesting and so the same thing with the cheetah tail i'm like i don't know how to get out of this so that's where i threw in the let me let go one handle i still got this handle over here and then catch it and then go into the flow on the other side you know interesting yeah (laughs) i had a i won't be able to uh, remember the name um, the the names are leading me or um, are elusive to me right now in the rope world. Um, I felt into different movements, but the names are escaping me. But anyways, I was I was practicing one movement. I saw someone do on Instagram. I was feeling into it. I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to do it on my left side. And it was right before um, I had an appointment with a somatic therapist who I'm trading some sessions with. And right before our session, she was going to get me. And it was just the perfect entry point. So I got so frustrated. <laughs> Otherwise, something was so smooth on one side and connected. My, my arms just felt through the spiral. And then on my left side, there's like a key in that spiral. And I was like, what is it that's preventing? Like what's disconnected? Um, I couldn't figure it out and I had to go to a session and so we worked on frustration (laughs) (laughs) and we kind of linked it all the way back and I got to tune in deep to that part that felt disconnected and it brought up this really interesting stuff but um, yeah it's interesting my mind goes a lot of places uh, in terms of coaching these disciplines are very unique in that um when you're coaching someone with the mace, the kettlebell, kettlebell flow, let's say, and the rope, mm-hmm. the weight doesn't much change, but the skill and the complexity does. And 100%. so having people approach it as if it's something um, like you learn how to do a bicep curl. 
and then you just build in weight and you get stronger. It's not that simple. You complexify how you do that bicep curl. It's an awful example. Yeah. But it's, uh, and so it is interesting, you know, when people come in watching what I do, because I've had a lot of time tapped into my body and my movements, and they're expecting to jump into this world. And then you bring them all the way back down to fundamentals. And it's, it's fascinating. Um, they're fascinating disciplines to teach people because of the complexity. I like the way you introduce something sort of difficult, like that dragon rule for the mace. I like introducing the 360 because it gives people an idea of the nature. If you, there's a lot to tune into nuances of the 360. I feel I'm still refining my 360. Same. But if you do, yeah, it's like how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you spend the time diving into one movement and you just tune in to the nuances of that, we're going to take that same level of depth into any other movement um, you, you teach. Anyways, my mind started going there when you, when you said you introduced dragon roll as sort of this foundation foundational movement yeah it's a you know as you know like from from there like i feel like the uh, like for instance let's use the 360 as a point of reference you can do it fast right Mm. you can do it really fast and explosive i'm sure that's great and cool and there's a place for that Mm. right Mm -hmm but the it's the control mm. right it's can i play with the subtleties mm. right can i play with how i want the shape to come out right. or can i ask the question of my body why does it feel different on this side and then on this side can i play around with the the tension in my fingers as I do it, can I mm-hmm. adjust my something internally that will allow that to take place? Um, mm-hmm. And so the dragon roll was one of those. It's it's a fun one to introduce because it it introduces play and it introduces it to the person real time and to me the coach, like hey. <laughs> Where where is your mental headspace at right now? Right, you know, because <laughs> because it, it's funny once you start introducing something frustrating to people, it mm-hmm. blows my mind how they talk to themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're like, That's oh interesting. man, I get. Yeah. They're like, oh man, you're so stupid or whatever, you know. And I'm, I'm like, so bad at this. Yeah, and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating what comes up. And so that's part of the reason why I do it. You know, I'm like, interesting. Let's, let's throw, let's throw the rock in the pond and see what like comes in the surface essentially. Um, and so then what's, and what's fun too about it is you give them that first obstacle, right? You give them that first mm-hmm. obstacle of how do I get past this? And then you give them their 
the then you like stagger it so you're like okay you got the success you got the success you got the success cool look at that you you mm. figured it out you know like sure i gave you some guidance but you're the you one who it. figured it out you know yeah um and then then you throw them for a loop when you're like dude on the other side <laughs> yeah <laughs> now deal with your left <laughs> yep <laughs> Which funny uh, enough, you know, sometimes um, I, I don't know what it is about juggling, but I find the majority of the time people actually do it better with their weak hand. Yep. Let's say we're learning a new movement. They'll do it better if they're weak hand. And I, it's so funny. And people are the mental talk again. It's like, oh, fuck, like I'm going over to my weak side. All right, this is going to be even worse. And they'll say that <laughs> and they'll preconceive themselves already uh, failing but they do it better. And I think there's less of an expectation on your strong side. You're like, all right, you can overanalyze and you can make sure you're perfect on the left or your weak arm. You're sort of just like, all right, let's see what happens. And that state of mm -hmm. almost surrender is, is congruent. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, juggling in particular, you're going to drop the bell. Yeah, you have to be okay with that. <laughs> and people have the funniest reactions to failing. Um, understandable reactions, you know, learn, conditioned reaction to dropping something or messing up. And mm -hmm. so it's so interesting how these disciplines are, you know, they're when they're taught by a quality coach, let's say, or a very intentional coach, there's so much room to open up emotional growth mental growth and so yeah I, I see that about the ropes as well <laughs> yeah had a lot of moments of resonating with that <laughs> yeah it's a uh, and that's a lot of what i've done too is like before i've ever introduced anything to my clients mm -hmm. i fumble my way through it mm -hmm. you know let me let me work through all the kinks and you know figure out how to teach it so that way you know i can bring it to you guys and kind of like mm. figure out because i feel like you know coaching is a flow state too you know like you, you yeah. have to be able to meet the person where they're at real time and figure out you have to be able to figure out like how to communicate to that person mm. You know, because they may, be, you may go, you know, like for instance with the mug flip, you're like, you gotta, you just gotta like do this motion, right? Mm. <laughs> um, but it's the way you say it, it's how you say it, it's mm. so it changes all the time, you know? Um, yeah, that's interesting. There's, yeah. um, I really shifted my perspective on this. Uh, when I started coaching, I had a lot of ego involved and, <laughs> same coaching and it was it was i had an idea of how this person was supposed to move and it was my job to conform that person to do this skill or this movement and um i've shifted and transitioned and continue to not perfect but to get so much more joy myself in someone truly understanding it themselves and so i'm not actually teaching anything i'm setting the environment for them to actually 
learn it themselves and be like, ah, it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So I can mm-hmm. show you, you know, I can tell you and show you how a mug flip works down to the last detail. But if you haven't tried it and explored it, you're not going to know how to do it. So it comes down to just the repetitions and feeling into every repetition. That's also where the gold is at. It's not even mm-hmm. the end, uh, the end product of the flip. It's the process. And um, yeah, you know, self-empowerment through coaching and teaching people how to be more embodied. I find this, that word's very near and dear to my heart when I coach um, embodied movements felt movement you're doing yeah. a 360 or any movement and it's not as smooth you know it doesn't feel super connected it doesn't feel natural with your body um, there's such a beautiful opportunity to connect with your body and to tap into a more harmonious um, you know, understanding of how your body can work together to make a movement like that 360 super smooth mm-hmm. you get to know yourself better. And uh, it's a beautiful process and such a privilege to take people through that, that journey as well. It really is, man. Uh, you know, um, that kind of brings me to a question for you, man. Like mm. we know a little bit about like what your, your personal practice looks like right now. So you got the maze flow, um, you got the kettlebell flow. Anything else you playing around with right now? Mm, I play around with a lot of different spaces within the kettlebell uh, world, but let's let's keep it at that. I play around with the kettlebell. I play around with the mace. Um, I have various disciplines I've tapped into in the past. One of them is calisthenics, more hand balancing. So I find myself going into uh, calisthenics from time to time. Uh, Not any real strength building, just tapping back into some of the hand balancing or the the muscle ups or the handstand push-ups or the handstand variations. I just find a lot of joy in the focus that that takes. And then the expression or aesthetic of the body in such a movement, I find fascinating. Yeah. I play soccer still. So I did my toe into that athletic team environment, which I really appreciate. And, um, I mean, that's within movement. I have other interests outside of what I do on Instagram, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, man, I, I actually, that's actually tailors right into my next question for you, man. Uh, so, like, what kind of what – are, what are some things that are inspiring your movement practice as well? You know, like um, movies, books, music. Mm your lady <laughs> yeah that's why interesting i feel i it's interesting you know i have core values core values some of them are uh, 
freedom to learn and to follow my curiosity. Um, this idea of bliss and following your bliss or following your deepest enthusiasm or aliveness that's really near and dear to my heart. And that takes, um, you know, that serves as a compass for, yes, my movement practice, but then also anything else I'm, I'm learning in life. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what inspires my movement practice outside, I, I feel it's all interrelated. You know, I'm, I'm deep into the self-work, shadow work right now. I've been going in, I've been exploring, I've been getting to know myself (laughs) and getting to uh, come to a more clear understanding of who I am and who I'm not, who I came to be and having compassion for the parts of myself that are still wounded, inner child work, this whole sort of interesting exploration. So that's actually been quite a priority for myself recently. And so I'll take that and I'll bring it into my movement practice and I'll move and I'll, I'll treat my movement practices in particular with the mace. There's a really interesting, uh, something that happens with the mace when you really tune in. Um, it can be a very deep self-explorative practice when you slow everything down you realize you're holding a weapon that's been used for thousands of years Mm -hmm. Um, so the deep work right now is inspires my movement practice different books you know a book that's really inspired my movement practice uh uh, two i can think of right now one is the Tao Te Ching and so Taoism and the philosophy of flow, you know, and how you do one thing is how you do everything. And when I, mm. I swear, when I prioritize flow in my movement and this quality of fluidity and efficiency, and effortlessness, using only what's required, uh, my life starts to mirror that. And, and so that's a book and a philosophy I've really appreciated. I hold as um, an ideal of sorts. That's, I want to live a life that feels at peace and balance. It's beautiful harmony for yin, between yin and yang forces, feminine and masculine. Um, and I'll tap into both within movement. You know, I feel my life needs more of an oomph, more disciplinary action, more drive. My workouts will actually reflect that. I'll do something like long cycle, which is a little bit more programming and grit involved. Um, yeah, in terms of what inspires my movement practice outside of movement, yeah, those examples come to mind. The other book was Bruce Lee. The Art of Kung Fu has a very interesting book that Zach uh, Frankenlegs, who was my first level one stillness flow teacher, uh, he put me on to. And similarities between martial arts 
and using the mace or the kettlebell are quite interesting. Oh yeah. So yeah, man. Yeah. I love that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, something really stood out to me while you were talking about following your bliss. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Joseph Campbell is Joseph Campbell and like, uh, you know, Carl Young. Those are like Mm -hmm. two, two people for me that like kind of, kind of shaped my, uh, my belief in my, in not just myself, but like Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, and so, you know, one of you know joseph campbell's favorite things and i think sometimes people take what he said a little too lightly (laughs) um which was follow your bliss yeah you know you know Mm -hmm. like um and i Mm -hmm. it is it is one of those concepts that you don't just like throw it on your mirror a bumper sticker <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and, um, yeah and like hope for the best right and that's you know following your bliss isn't like doing what's convenient or easy following mm. your bliss is that like it's, it's the hard path you know mm. yeah it's it's the you know the ability to to know because you've been through some hard stuff what's right for you you know and i think yeah. the only way, kind of drawn in carl young here is like the only way to know that to know yourself is to know your shadow mm-hmm. you know i think that's the that's the real you mm-hmm. you know that's the you that's lying beneath the surface and a lot of a lot of my coaching is geared towards addressing your subconscious mind because that's your shadow right right Right. and what's your body it's your subconscious mind Mm -hmm. you know so you throw somebody a dragon room into a dragon room throw somebody into a 360 you you're seeing real time you know what is going on with that person's mental state what's yeah, right right you know what are the things that they're holding on so tightly to and then as they move through it you know you don't i, I don't ever tell my clients this but like it's fun for me to go, ha, hear them go oh i just had this conversation with my parents or i just had this conversation or i just you know i decided i was going to do something different about this one thing that i've always done before Mm-hmm. you know and i just i don't ever like some of my clients who like really nerd out on this stuff i'll like throw it in there a little bit but when we're like going through movements they don't know that's what's going on right you know? right yeah like you take somebody through some uppercuts in a, in a steel mace class and they're like oh i don't know why this feels so good yeah <laughs> right and you're like oh well it's because you know it just looks cool, but really, you know, underneath the surface, it's like, there's some shit you need to fight through. Yeah. 
and you need to express yeah. that like physically you know i'm like mm-hmm. you know i have i have a practice outside of me working out that allows me to do that right you know i've practiced martial arts in various forms for a mm-hmm. few years and so like i'm grateful that i have that but most people don't yeah you know? right right and so like that's for the mace and the kettlebell and like doing some of those long like endurance workouts are able to express that you know it brings mm-hmm. like i don't know anybody who does a kettlebell clean or a few of them you know and doesn't feel powerful after. right you know what i mean <laughs> like try to do that movement yeah. and like dial it in and go mm-hmm. yeah no i don't feel good after that <laughs> maybe it's the first gross. one you feel a little sticky but by the time you hit the fifth one, you're like, I feel like, I feel like an animal and that's yeah. what I want. You know, that's what I want to draw out. And when it's applicable too. Uh, I was taking someone through a uh, clean today, actually for the first time. It's interesting. Feeling into that felt really good. <laughs> right. It's fun, yeah. man. Like, and it's, it one of and that, that's, and the snatch is one of those things that's like, it's similar to the dragon roll or the 360. There's a lot of nuance, you know, there's a lot of nuance to it. And it's broken down into parts so you can understand it, but you have to be able to feel it and go through it and work through the the kettlebell banging into, into your wrist and understanding how to make that stop. And, you know, I've seen no shame here for anybody who uses these, but like the, the kettlebell wrist guards. Right. And I'm like, I I think that's great for a lot of reasons, but a lot of reasons I'm against it because you, I want you to walk out of that session and go, wow, my wrist really hurt. And it's from that. Yeah. Because then that's your wrist hurt, you know? Yeah. It doesn't have to hurt. Exactly. You know, and I'll tell people that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you see my, you see any bruises on my wrist or anything like that? No, you don't. (laughs) So I do a lot of these. (laughs) Yep, exactly. And like with heavier weights too, you know, so like that's Mm -hmm. the, and so I like, I like that people get exposed to the danger element of it, Mm. (laughs) you know, like. Like, cool, I don't want my wrist to hurt. How do I make my wrist stop hurting? Oh, okay, well, you know, Coach Jose is telling me to make sure my grip is a certain way when it comes up the top and stop trying to jerk it up with my arm and use my hips more. Then that motion starts happening a little more fluidly. Right. More Uh twists on, be softer. Yeah. I'm sure you know who Edo Portal is. Yeah, for sure. He has a he has a quote: "Soft body, soft ground." Um, mm. When the body's soft, if you're on concrete, the concrete's gonna be soft. And I say the same thing of either of any of these tools. You know, if the body's soft, um, a snatch can be soft. You're just figuring out how to do it a little lighter, a little more smooth, a little more fluid, a little more connected. Yeah, um, that that is such a rewarding process for people to go to where they actually like 
they don't even they forget about the repetitions they forget about what they're doing they're just tuned in to like how can i make this snatch this movement a little more smooth mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're doing a ton of reps which is always fascinating um instead of having a set repetition or set of uh, repetitions that you're going for um yeah it's interesting i mean the unconscious unraveling through learning something new is fascinating i feel the mace in particular all all movement disciplines mace in particular i thought hits on different emotional triggers for people i've had a client big time you know it started crying after they've done an uppercut because their body has never moved their shoulder in particular had never moved and occupied that space that was deemed unsafe for different reasons by the unconscious mind and so suddenly entering into that space was like wow this sort of liberation of stuck energy same with the 360 360s fascinating um because everyone starts different places with 360 and there's a lot of different things that can be immobile um, and there's a lot of fear associated with dropping a weight behind your head where you can't see it yeah and learning to trust learning to actually i need to let go and trust my core trust my lats trust its bigger muscles that i'll be all right and the closer I come and the tighter I am to my body, the smoother and the more safe the swing actually is. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I appreciate you bringing up uh, Carl Jung and the, you know, the unconscious mind and how it just sort of in the unknown, in the, in the space of the unknown, learning something new, being in a new discipline, uh, we get all these patterns and programs that uh, start to come up. And the gold is actually being able to then become aware of them, and change consciously, change our approach to how we visit problems, or challenges, and um, yeah, developing that growth mindset through any of these disciplines and coaching that little little refinements or reminders to people is makes what we do as these i don't know what to call it i'm curious what you what you think unconventional coaches flow coaches you know in this field of more 3d expressive movement i don't even i don't know where to begin to describe what certain coaches do in our space yeah Um, it's a holistic teaching we're working on the mind we're working on the spirit uh, we're working on emotions and we're certainly working on the physical body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, you know, at first when I heard this term, I was like, Oh my God, that sounds so douchey. <laughs> which, term, um, which term is that? <laughs> uh, move, movement specialist. <laughs> movement specialist. Yeah. yeah. And so like, and even, and, and now when yeah. I look at that and I'm like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, it means that I can I I am a I'm specialized in the art form of movement. And what that means for each person is totally different. 
you know, like most of my one-on-one clients um, are healing from injuries mm-hmm. or, or they're preparing to go into uh, surgery for a muscle tear, you know? And uh, m- the reason I bring that up is it's the ability to fine tune mm. what that person needs. Yeah. And so, of course, with most things, especially as something as broad as movement goes, well, that's where, that's where, that's where the, uh, the fun comes in, so to speak, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, cause now I'm not, now I'm not constricted to the barbell. I'm not constricted to a kettlebell or a cable machine. You know, I'm not constricted to the rope. No, we manipulate these things for our specific intention. And that's really all it boils down to, you know, is asking questions, you know, receiving answers empowering questions and the asking of questions in one's self empowering the asking of questions and the clients their own questions yeah it's it's so key like for instance you know somebody goes i got some knee pain you know Mm -hmm. my first question when my client says that isn't like oh okay it's (laughs) you know it's where what part of the knee point to it right okay was it when it was pushing off of it was it when it was landing when did it pop up you know like and and from there you know you you start building your your path forward Mm. and helping people get out of pain so um which is great segue to my next question for you shoot um, what is something your movement practice has helped you grow through emotionally? Mm. First, first thing that comes to mind is expression, <clears throat> self-expression. Um, somewhere in my childhood pursuing going pro, I uh, became very professional and stoic. And I became very um, kind of hard-shelled. There's a lot of emotions as a kid. I was just a wild child. Um, and I sort of contained that. Um, to be more respectable, more um, proper and professional. And so it wasn't until... You know, I got into first movement flow, which was, again, this ground-based movement system that allowed me to tap into and weave the worlds of expression and physical movement together. Um, that I was like, well, I'm, I'm learning how to re-express different emotions that I've kept the lock on. And um, so simply by using the body, which is our form of communication 
you know, emotions are communicated more so with the body than they are through words, which is a very small portion of how we communicate. And so learning how to move my body in all of these ways, you know, um, freed up my emotional capacity and continues to, I will, I will say, continues to um, broaden my capacity to express and to feel. You know, there's certain mm. movements, for example, with the mace, where I throw an uppercut and you throw it with some power, you feel a certain way. Um, and there's different poses I love within mace, like an arrow in uh, with a high knee, you know, with your toe pointed down and you're just, you know, you focus on the, on the posture. Yeah. You sort of let, let the posture shape you. And so there's a, mm. in a lot of ways, you know, the mace and whatever discipline and movement you do shapes you you are also shaping that tool. So it's this beautiful kind of interweaving. Um, there's some days where I feel grief or anger or sadness, and I go into my practice to express that. And then there are some days where I come out of a practice feeling a certain way <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't go in with. And um, That's interesting. Yeah, and you know, I'm still exploring that. That's something that is very interesting. I'm like, this is real. But so in terms of emotionally, my ability to just feel more, express more, mm. um, you know, it's been shaped by my movement practice. I remember going into the public gym and moving with the mace and being like, I don't know about this. I'm the only one in this, <laughs> you know, province moving with this mace. And I'm, I'm twirling around and I'm doing all this, these things. And I'm so worried about what people thought of me. And um, interesting. Yeah. The more I actually gave myself to the practice, the more I, I realized it was such a core, like want of mine, the more that attitude of just like, yeah, fuck it. Like I am enjoying what I'm doing. I'm not here to show off. I'm not here to be unique for unique sake. I'm following my bliss. I'm following the explorer within me. Mm. And uh, so that's taught me a lot about how to be myself, which I think ties directly into emotional intelligence, emotional well-being. I love that. Mm. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this, you, uh, we've been hinting at this the whole time um but this question i have for you next is what's something your movement practices helped you grow with spiritually mm. yeah i spent some time actually thinking about this before and uh, what came to mind is i'm still developing my own connection to spirit and my mm. spiritual life now, i'm not going to say that i've honed in and developed this incredible spiritual awareness and practice forever on the journey of exploring what that means to me. But in terms of, you know, connecting with something greater, some greater mm -hmm. intelligence, I take 
spirituality or spiritual. That's sort of, that's the essence of it to me. When I tap into deep flow state, where I lose a sense of time, I lose a sense of self, I'm so immersed in what I'm doing that I, the experience is rich and it feels effortless. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a strange experience that happens where it's like um, something is working through me. You know, like, am I moving the mace or is something moving me, you know, moving through me and expressing itself through me? And um, those are really beautiful experiences. And I think it connects me to something greater when I can get out of my own way and just, that's where true authenticity lives. You know, and that's the God force source. Um, using me as a conduit to just express through, through the discipline of the mace or the kettlebell. And, um, and then, you know, these disciplines and practices, again, on that embodiment note, connect me to myself, resensitize my connection, mind-body connection. And mm-hmm. um, I think those are just key for a key, for a spiritual well-being, for spiritual nourishment, got to be able to feel. We got to be able to resensitize ourselves to all of life—the good, the bad, all mm-hmm. of it. So, yeah, that comes to mind. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I. This is one of one of the more fun questions for me to ask. You know, because yeah. it because it it really shapes what the intention for this podcast and and my I shouldn't say my brand because it's not mine it's the brand you know mm-hmm. um, trilogy wellness what that means is mind body spirit and really mm-hmm. body mind spirit. You know, body being the first and most important, you know, not only what you put into it, how you move, right? Mm. Then we have the mind. When you move your body in a certain kind of way, it influences your your mind, your mindset, right? Mm. That starts playing in with those emotions and, you know, that etheric realm which is what I would call like the spiritual realm, right? That flow state, that elusive flow state, right? Mm-hmm. That's spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And that's tapping into that in through movement, you know, or through breathing. You find that. You find that. I like to kind of call it like the hand of God, right? Yes. You know, or it's like, it's almost like he's, or it, he, whatever, <laughs> is like tap, putting your hand, putting his hand on your, on your shoulder and going like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the vision of God coming down. Oh, holy. And then just so. Uh, Fuck yeah. <laughs> You're right. 
uh, keep it going. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, do that again. Um, yeah. And then like, then that's where that, like, uh, you know, where you feel that, like, cause I felt that too, man, where you just, mm-hmm. and that's why I like having all these different tools to like tap into a flow state. Right. Cause I'm not, I feel like uh, that's all I'm ever trying to do, whether it's through like physical exhaustion, right. Mm-hmm. Or just through like feeling into my body, like, Oh, okay. What is what is the feedback of the tool giving me, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what it, what it, what's possible. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I let go of me conceptually trying to answer the question, yeah, I receive answers. You know? Yeah, so trusting and letting go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a dance. You know, it's the that's why you know that's why i'm doing this you know Mm. that's why i want to that's why i'm interviewing coaches and i've picked coaches for for a specific reason you know Mm. and um and it's to introduce people to a different philosophy a different a different way of thinking you know that you're not going to find in your your typical coach right you know and Mm. uh, and more importantly i'm asking people who can answer these questions and not because i think they can answer these questions but because i watch them move and i know they can answer these questions right that's beautiful (laughs) yeah you you'll (laughs) filter out a lot of coaches by asking how does your practice help you spiritually i love yeah. that question because it's so interrelated mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so, yeah it's beautiful some i think i had another <laughs> another coach on and he was able to he was able to kind of like crack the the code so to speak <laughs> and and so like uh he as soon as we went into the emotional after we finished the emotional question we went into the spiritual question he was like you know i kind of feel like i touched on it with the emotional and i was like yeah, fuck yeah you did <laughs> yeah <they're right>. yeah <laughs> i had uh i don't know why this comes to mind but i've done um 5meo dmt which is quite a trip and it took yeah. me square i mean speaking about uh source god energy uh yeah it's you know the under the undescribable um it's a process of just letting go and so all of this energy and source can just come through you and they're so easy to hold on to anything ego um all of the things but it's a lesson in letting go uh, but anyways i came out of one of the journeys um and i started doing mace movements <laughs> yeah i just started flowing in my mind after i've had this full-on spiritual experience i would say um and i went right into how it translated over to the mace mm-hmm. i uh yeah it was really it was really beautiful i don't know why that came up but spiritual yeah, no. and physical movement you know are interrelated 
You just got to. Yeah. I guess a matter of awareness. Yeah. It's a, you know, and, the, and what's been kind of fun for me to go back into is like going into like loading up the squat bar, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then bringing that scene mentality into that. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, like, oh man, it feels good to squat heavy, right? <laughs> yeah. And then like, and then knowing too, like, same kind of deal, you know, like maybe, maybe I wanted to squat that day. Right. And that's what my, that's what I put in my planner. Like that's what was on the docket. But maybe that's not what I need, you know, um, and being able to tune into that too. So, mm. yeah. Flow. Yeah. Living in flow. I see flow is the ultimate state of adaptability. Yeah. And exactly. Of rigidity. And so, yeah, yeah exactly. That's what, that, that's what drew me into, you know, I, I was going to go down to like certain, cer- certain rabbit holes as far as coaching goes. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to guys like, you know, CJ. Um, yeah right and and, right. and like what he's doing um with gymnasio and uh i haven't looked back since you know cool um yeah so question for you last question i promise <laughs> uh, i'm here all, i could be here all day i can't be here all day but i could be here all day <laughs> yeah <laughs> same brother <laughs> But I, uh, I definitely, we're going to have you back on to talk a little bit more about some of the other cool shit you got going on. Um, nice. But um, what's one takeaway you can give everybody? Mm. One takeaway. I feel whoever's listening to this, you know, ultimately the takeaway that you should take away is what just resonated the most. Maybe it was a word I said, maybe it was something, maybe it was a theme, maybe it's an idea or a state, you know, a sudden state that came over you. Take that, just investigate what was most resonant about anything that we, we had talked about. Um, but I'll give I'll give something else. Takeaway. <laughs> By the way, I highly encourage everybody to do that. Something that yeah. came up for you, and you're like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. what was that feeling?" Look into that. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's much more accurate than me giving giving a takeaway. But what's most resonant with me right now? Um. And expands into movements as well as life in general is, is two quotes. One, follow your bliss. Yes, you know, let's go. Cultivate a sensitivity, an inner sensitivity for the feelings of being alive. You know, cultivate a knowing you know, of what state feels most conducive to enthusiasm which means the god living within the god expressing itself within um 
And then the other one, quote, tied to this takeaway is, you know, don't ask what the world needs. Ask instead what makes you come alive. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Mm. And I feel Robert Furman. Yeah, it stuck with me for a long, for a long time. And I think if everyone asks themselves that question, it takes some faith and trust to ask yourself that question and follow through on what may arise. Um, you know, that's what creates inspiration. People have the courage to let themselves come alive in the activities that they feel drawn to. And so if there's a curiosity within movement, um, any discipline, doesn't matter what it is. Movement is expressed in so many different ways. Follow that intuition and move. Um, yeah, yeah. I think my takeaway would be a bit of a mashup of those two quotes and having the courage to be oneself and follow one's unique path in this beautiful world. Mm. And ask questions yourself. <laughs> yeah. Ask yeah. your own damn questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that just made me laugh. <laughs> it's better questions uh, than your own questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, seriously, man. That's a uh, wow. Yeah, no, that's good because, dude, I think things too much, like in my lot of what I do with my clients is like giving them, empowering them, mm -hmm. right, to do that. Because yeah. what happens when you start asking your own questions? Yeah. Right? You start opening your up, you start opening up yourself to new possibilities, especially when you yeah. let go of the need to, answer the question yeah right 100 yeah. now the questions that you ask determine what you literally see in the world and how you perceive the world literally based on the questions you ask and so if you have really shitty questions or you're asking someone else's questions um you're going to be seeing the world and somebody else yeah yeah so yeah that's why i laughed so hard at that question <laughs> i really what you said because i was like yeah that's it honestly yeah. <laughs> uh, all right so i'm gonna end it here with a little quote um we got inward young pueblo uh, my lady actually got me this book and i love it I love little books that I can pull, you know, just one little quote for the day, you know, mm, I love that. Or, or like an idea or a concept, you know, and uh, mm. yeah, I, uh, in the name of freedom and flow states, sometimes I come into, sometimes I come into these podcasts i'm like okay this is what i want to talk about with this person mm -hmm. or like you know or this is the quote that i want to throw at the end of it and sometimes it's less structured where it's like just grab that book <laughs> you right. know yeah yeah, yeah. Gra and grab that mm -hmm. book 
and like open this page up and it's always a random page and it always ends up working out perfectly with what we talked about so in the name of freedom <laughs> and habits this is out of page uh, 114 um, i gathered my habits and started releasing the ones that can never lead me to lasting freedom and joy aka all that bliss yeah wow <laughs> that's beautiful and timely for the end of the year too uh, do you want to take 2022 into 2023 with you do you want to create space for something else yeah man yeah um thanks for coming on here by the way i appreciate and taking the opportunity yeah taking some time out um 